Uh, hello. <laughs> um, welcome to Topics and Implications, the only uh, podcast on our channel that has topics and the implications that go with them. Uh, I am Sneaks. Yep. And I'm all alone. <laughs> pick a side. Pick a side. Uh, I'm Mast. I'm Checkers. Red. Yo. <laughs> I'm Clark. All right. So now that we all remember our names. <laughs> we should remind you that you can tweet at us. At our handle is topics underscore and. And you can email us at topicsandimplications at gmail.com. And the way this works is uh, everybody comes to the square table with a topic. And none of us know what that topic is except for the person who brought it. And they ask it or they say it. Or they just verbalize uh, word salad into the ether, and we have to try and piece it together. And we uh, just figure out what, what it means, or how we feel, or what our opinion is on it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, let's let's do this. Let's ask some questions. Or, you know what, usually we open up with just talking about uh, what's new. Shooting the shit. Shoot, shooting the breeze. It's a new segment. Shooting the breeze with checkers. No, what? Shoot. I said shooting the shit. Theme music to the be added later. Shit. Shooting the shit with checkers. I think that's copyright. <laughs> <laughs> that jingle, a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> uh, what's new? What have we done recently? Um, it is March. Smarch. Uh, stupid smarch weather. And we already hit. How many downloads? Oh, we're almost at 300 downloads. Oh, shit. Yeah. Congratulations. On February 29th, uh, we got like 30 downloads in one day. It was a good day. It was a really good... Nothing else happened that day uh, of import. Um, But uh, we got... I don't know if it was just like an end of the month thing when maybe people log into podcasting channels and they're like... You may, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about podcasting. Clearly, if you've been listening to this. I don't think it's an end of the month thing. No. I don't think that's how podcasts work. Okay. Um, you can't see it, but also something did happen on the 29th, and it was cool. Yep. Are you going to tell them? No, or? moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like everybody's going to be real listening sly about it. anyway, because they're in our friend group. Yeah, it's just me listening later. So, um, you can't see it, uh, but there is a wonderful ring on Checker's finger. Um, February, so sparkly. Traditionally, in Ireland, uh, the lady folk ask the men folk to marry them on the 29th of February on a leap year. There's a whole movie about it called Leap Year. Look it it's up. It's really bad. Is it? Yeah. Isn't that Amy Adams? Then it can't be. No, Isla Fisher. It's one of the two red Isla Fisher? Yeah. Is Isla Fisher Irish? Or no, I, she's Australian, she's, isn't she's she? She's got red hair, so she's right. basically Close enough, Irish. Yeah. yeah. Honorary. Yeah, that's how that works, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so, so, <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. And she asked me. We did it in front of City Hall. City Hall. Yeah, and 10 feet away, uh, while she was asking me, a white supremacist was being arrested. Yeah, it was more like 30 feet, at least. Uh, yeah, okay. Like, I, yes. 10 feet's pretty close. That's true. So, I'll, 20 can I meet you halfway? 15 feet? That halfway between. That wasn't halfway. Ten and thirty. What? No, halfway between. You're right. Twenty feet. (laughs) Twenty feet away. Can you can you meet her halfway? I don't. (laughs) We're not sure on this. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't take the ring off. Um, we, like, got there, and uh, there was, like, signs pinned up on the pillars of City Hall that said, like, it's okay to be white. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciated that little boost. Yep. You needed it? Mm-hmm. Um, Empowering, I think. Let's not unpack that at <laughs> to all. Find, <laughs> to finally get some representation. Yeah. <laughs> You really gave a, me the confidence. It was on a white poster, too. Really? So what did he write it on? Was it, was it like lemon <laughs> a, ink? A white poster. What? No, I mean, like, what was the ink? It was black. Hmm. <laughs> um, so. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> we move on? I'm going to be the voice of reason here. So we'll move on. White supremacists suck. They're douchebags. Congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. <laughs> Thank That's you. the moral of the story. Yes. Sneaks. Congratulations, Sneaks, and... Checkers were sorry. <laughs> hey, um, have we seen any movies that we can ruin? A couple people that have never listened to the podcast uh, that we know had listened to it, and they said, man, you guys like to ruin movies for people. <laughs> so a lot of our, I feel like a lot of our discussions center around using movies as like a point of reference to answer a question. Right. And then we have always feel the need to tell the entire, like the twist ending, or we just give an entire synopsis. In summary of the movie. Yeah. Um, I think the use of we here is very accurate. I yeah. think all of us, and not one of us in particular, does that. <laughs> I think that that... Shots fired. That, yeah. Well, the door's over there! Um, I just swept my arm across the whole room. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's still pretty accurate. Yeah, I don't know. Like, is there any, Other than that, is there anything... Have we done anything cool? Is there anything... How do you guys feel about um, buying toilet paper to combat coronavirus? Mm. So my, smart. I my, think we need more toilet paper. My dad specifically texted me and was like, you need any toilet paper? Because I've got a ton. Because he lives right near a Costco. And so he just went and got a bunch. Uh, but I think he was also joking about selling it to me at a premium. So Really? It's it's a joke. <laughs> you think? <laughs> but like, if I wanted to buy some, he'd probably sell it to me. My, at, I, a <laughs> at a premium. <laughs> I was at my $30 premium. a roll. I feel that's fair. <laughs> Is it how many plies though? Well, he's obviously it would the package would say three, but he would have painstakingly divided that into three separate uh, rolls. What if the world was ending yeah. and someone was trying to sell you toilet paper? Would how many plies there were affect your bartering? Always, of, oh, toilet 100%. paper. Yeah. If they're coming at me with that like single ply shit. Yeah, that's, you're not going to get a good price. Would you just be like, I'm better off using my hands? You wouldn't even engage in that. Once the deal was done, I'm shaking their part. hand with the hand I've been using <laughs> before I had the plies. You know right. I mean, I'm, I obviously want it, but I'm going to act disinterested to like knock the price down. Right. Mm-hmm. I, think I could just use a rag. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and wash it. That's the like, it, like your yes. tail? Yes, like yes. I was also one. thinking that oh. I would wash it. <laughs> that was yeah. the greatest motion. We'll just all grow tails. And we'll be fine. We don't need toilet paper in the apartment. Flesh tails, if you will. (laughs) We're all unhappy now. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would... If it was... It has to be two-ply or above. If the world was ending and they tried to sell me one-ply, I don't think I'd go for it. This is the stuff they don't deal with in quality programs like The Walking Dead. You think that's a quality program? I really think it's one of the most awful things I've ever it's watched. It's really terrible. It is like really bad. Actively bad. Yeah, like, sorry okay. for anyone that liked it, but it was pretty bad. Yeah. Carl. It was, I'd it spoil was, the ending, but it doesn't have one, and that's part of why well, it's I think the problem is it was clearly written is by people who had not thought at all logically about how they would behave if that was happening. It's just... Kind yeah, of really not dumb. just that, but they, like, 
actively were like, oh no, this doesn't have an ending. And I'm like, oh cool, so everything you're doing is just flying in the face of what constitutes good storytelling. What mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic movie do you think has the best representation of... Toilet how- paper. <laughs> of, of toilet paper. <laughs> of how we would act in the face of Armageddon. The road. The road? I was thinking that. This is the end. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Right? Spot on. I mean, the realism. Witness me! Did you just spray metallic shit on your teeth? Mm-hmm. Okay. Metallic shit. <laughs> Literally. What a great movie. Um, that movie is great, except for the weird farming milk out of a bunch of women. Yeah, that's, that's weird. But that... that but effective. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. It's really strange to keep things captive, just to constantly impregnate them, just to take their milk. Oh my that's god. That's very strange. What kind of society would base a large part of its consumption around imprisoning emotionally intelligent animals? <laughs> and their screams of anguish as we take their babies is yeah. unmistakable. We don't need to go back. We don't need Did you not watch the Oscars? No, this is an Oscar speech thing. Oh, is that Joaquin Phoenix's yes. Oscar speech? Also, I'm only half joking. <laughs> oh, Joaquin Phoenix's Oscar speech was like about the dairy industry? It was briefly about the dairy industry. It was I about a lot it. of things. It went on too yeah. long. Uh, celebrities. It was like Hilarious. all over the place. This Do is- you think he left the stage... So I know I I feel it in my bones that when Renee, Renee Zellweger left the stage, she was like, "What the fuck did I just talk about?" <laughs> but I think that when Joaquin Phoenix left the stage, she was like, "Boom, perfect." <laughs> Good Rehearsed job, that mate. word for word in the mirror. It was exactly how I wanted that to go down. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I want to circle back to old subjects covered on the podcast already. But I wholeheartedly disagreed with the segment on celebrities should stick to talking about the filmmaking and celebrity stuff. I think when you put someone in a public spotlight, these pieces are still fundamental parts of who they are as a person, and you have to expect that that's what they'll talk about. I agree, but that speech was fucking weird. Yeah, okay, the speech, <laughs> the speech was weird, but I think basing your dislike of it on, on solely something along the lines of celebrities shouldn't talk about that when they get up there, they should talk about it. I'm like, that's, you know what? These are, these are, fully, these are full human beings with their own passions, and this guy, sp- specifically... Uh, like he 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 walks the walk. He gets off that stage. He walks and he, the walking. Yeah, he gets off that stage and he goes to rallies. He goes to protests. He stands with animal activists. So I think when it's something like that, when it's not just like I can see people if they would be upset if it was just someone melting off about it, but it wasn't really a cause that they adhered to. But like this is a fundamental part of who this guy is. I think what you're saying is what Checkers was also saying. Checkers said something very similar. Like I said they they were using their platform. Like yeah. they realized what a platform they had and they were, were using you invited it. Invited to this podcast that they're talking about. I wasn't on the Maybe podcast. I listened to it. Yeah. Like a good I just wasn't at it and I also didn't watch the Oscars. So or listen to the podcast. You have no idea where we are right now. No, I'm like, just, I'm, you know what? I'm along for the ride and I'm enjoying that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I, I don't want to circle fully around, but uh, just letting those last podcasters know, Vic. Uh, and Rex. And that's Rex. you using your platform. And Sneaks. I, I said I agreed with Checkers. Yeah, you fell pretty staunchly on their side, I think. No, I said I agree with what you're saying. I think that they should say what they feel, but I think it's a little rude to not acknowledge any of the cast and crew that got them to a point where they could win that award. Like, they're on that platform. Oh, but those speeches in the... I'd I'm like not saying say it has to Jerry, be... Jerry, Anne, Carl, Mark, 
Tina. Like, that's meaningless. If I were Tina, I wouldn't be like, oh, he's my name. I think probably if, would. I think if <laughs> Tina if Tina writes a script... Tina's a thirsty bitch, though. And <laughs> if, if Tina writes a script and uh, Joaquin reads it and says, I really want to be in this movie, this movie speaks to me in a way like no other, then he wins the award for best acting because... Partly because that screenplay spoke to him in such a way that it elevated his performance. Maybe the writing was so good. No. You're setting a bar too high because then it's not just the screenplay writer. It's the costumer. It's all of his voice coaches. It's all of his managers who got him the job. It's every single other person. It's you're, all the extras. You're it's insulting everyone you don't it's mention. It's the director's mentor. right? It's like you're opening a floodgate that's insane. You should mention the people that you actually like. Are like, I love this person. They did this for me. Because if I ever won a teaching award, I wouldn't thank every student I've ever had or every teacher that's helped me, even though they got me where I am. I thank the people around me who I'm like, yes, I did this for you, not because of you. It's almost like celebrity itself is just like a hollow, meaningless vacuum. (laughs) Almost. But not quite. Like in a consumerist society, we have to create idols to justify <laughs> our own enjoyment of the things that take us away from the harsh realities of a dying planet. I didn't say that. I mean, I thought <laughs> it would be true. I didn't say that. I'm not saying I disagree with anybody. I think that if you wanted to do 75% of that speech was save the cows, I'm good with it. But at least like 15 seconds of like, I want to thank everybody who got me here. And just like, boom, that was good. But like, I would have cut into his cow time though. Right. <laughs> I I will always argue the best Oscar acceptance speech of all time is Joe Pesci. He got up there, he said, thank you, and he walked off. Joe Pesci won yeah. an Oscar? Yeah. What do you mean, Joe Pesci won an Oscar? Have you seen his performances? I've seen Pull him play the same person. <laughs> really well. Yeah. <laughs> really well. Remember when he put out a rap album to go with My Cousin Vinny? Mm-hmm. I do. Just no, no, I, just wanted, I, I ask that question often because I want to make sure that... It actually happened in reality. Mm. Right. You're not like Mandela affecting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I seem to confirm my, for myself that it's real. I'm gonna jump into questions now. That's a good oh, idea. Oh yeah, what we're here for. Got yes. It. I'll I'll ask the first question. Another thing about my. Another <laughs> <laughs> thing about my cousin Vinny is Ralph Macchio. Um. So my question is, if you could fuck Ralph Macchio, <laughs> would it be the one from My Cousin Vinny, or Cobra Kai? Or his much earlier seminal work as the Karate Kid. I feel like this is some real dangerous territory yeah. you're treading on. Uh, you are also a teenager in the. That's I don't not think your that makes question. it much better. <laughs> Ask me a real question. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you could fuck the villain from Breaking Bad. Wait, isn't he his own villain? Walter White? Yes. So think about when villains? you were a kid. Uh, this is my question. If, if you were a kid, would you fuck Walter White? <laughs> <laughs> what are you asking me? I don't know where this is going. Uh, my question is, um, if you uh, think, what's something you did as a kid that was, uh, that you did that was wrong or bad um, that nobody ever found out about? Uh, and it doesn't have to be like you killed a man when you were seven. But like, but it can be that. Right? It, I mean, you, yes, it can be. But there is no statutes of limitations on murder. Got it. Um, so I'll go first to just give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, and it's like something you did that like you think about kind of fairly often, but it was innocuous. It was like not something actually that like was terrible and ruined your family or anything. But it's something you did as a child that you think about often. What's childhood? You you. 
uh, you're follow the, your heart. Yeah, the okay. world is your oyster. Uh, so uh, when I was like seven or eight, my mom and I were walking home, and from the mall, I think. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna let us in first, and I ran ahead. So I was like maybe two or three minutes ahead of my mom because I like ran down the alleyway that would eventually lead to like the house that we lived in. And when I got there, I don't want to say eight because I feel like that's way too old and I should have realized. I'm going to say I was younger, like maybe six. And I went to open the front door and it wouldn't open because it was locked. My parents had locked the door. And I thought you could just put anything in the keyhole to open it up. I know, where, I, feel like I know where your joke would be going. Listen, I didn't even need, I didn't even react. <laughs> uh, and I picked up one of those helicopter seed things, and I shoved it in the keyhole thinking I could unlock the door that way, and I, it didn't. And I just shoved it in farther and farther, and then my mom, and then I was like, oh, I guess that didn't work. And then my mom came around the corner and couldn't get her house key into the, the keyhole anymore, and we were locked in the house for like four hours until my dad got back. Like... We were just, like, stuck outside. How did you eventually get in? Yeah, what your dad getting back doesn't solve the problem. What happened here? So what we did was um, our basement in our backyard, the basement window slid open. So we slid it open, popped the screen out, and we went in through the basement and came up. Yeah. Then eventually you would have had to get the... It was easy to unlock the door from the inside. Right, but then the thing was still in there. Yeah, so they had to call, like, the... The super or whatever to come in. And what did they think happened to the keyhole? I never fessed up. They just think some neighborhood kid ruined the keyhole. Or they knew it was you and didn't want to embarrass you. I feel in the 90s, my parents would have, like, lit me up. They were like... (laughs) Especially my mom. They were like, you think our 12-year-old son would have known? (laughs) Yes, I was 16 when this happened. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they, like, they... I never fessed up, and I... Maybe I was uh, not a great actor. Maybe they knew it was me, but they never let on. And, like, I think about it often, about how dumb that was as a choice. To be like, no, this seed will get me in. And it didn't unlock the door. Interesting. Cool. Uh, Yeah, I I can... So, this is somewhat... It's along the same lines, except that in this story, um, what would happen in my household frequently, even as we got older, when we were all still living at home, I have two siblings that are older than me, but as when we were all still living at home, uh, our, our mom would be, like, hanging out in the evening, say she was, like, reading in bed or something, and one of us would go in to talk to her, and what might happen is we would all migrate in there. And, you know, varying points through our childhood, we would all be in that one location having these big family chats, and what would end up happening is we would all admit things that we had done that we had never <laughs> fessed up to when they happened, but it had been so long since they had happened that we would all laugh about it. So a couple memorable ones here is we had uh, this is like just shortly after the the dial up like after dial up had been a thing that people had in their households we had dial up we had this computer what I'm saying is like computers weren't as everywhere as they are now and it's not like it like was whatever it wasn't we had this computer it had a disk drive and uh, I was playing one day and the disk drive had popped out and I was walking by and my leg cracked against it. And I was like, oh shit. And I tried to hit the button to close it, it didn't close, so I just pushed it back in. But then it stopped working and my mom spent a long time trying to fix it and I didn't say at the time that I had walked into it. We were just like, oh, that's weird. Uh, and, then, and then at one of these sessions, like years, it must have been like five years later. I was like, yeah, that was me. I walked by and I kicked it. We all laughed. But we had this couch, right? And <laughs> my mom really liked this couch 
And one of us had taken like a play, something sharp we were playing, and they had made this big like Zorro Z on the back cushion of one of the couches and put a pillow in front of it afterwards. And I don't know if all of us are lying or if one of us has blocked it out of our brains, but no one ever fessed up to it. And I'm like, well, it wasn't me. My brother's like, it wasn't me. My sister's like, it wasn't me. It is very unlikely that it was my sister. And either I did it and completely forgot about it, or my brother did it and has been denying it ever since, but no one ever fessed up to carving this giant... Or Zorro. Did it happen around the time that Zorro came out? Uh, I mean, he was a public figure that we would have known about. I don't was, know it was it Zorro? Like. It could have been Zorro. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Answer the question. Like the Antonio Banderas. Yeah, was Antonio Banderas in your house? There were frequently masked men in my house when <laughs> no adults were around. Uh, those are different childhood things I don't talk about. <laughs> How come every time I'm here, pedophilia somehow comes up? But I don't think that was... James opened the door with the... <laughs> no, I said you were also a child and whatever... God, oh, God damn it! <laughs> it was the Karate Kid. Come on. You were uh, just talking about a child fucking Walter White. No, that's not what I... That what? It's how it came off. <laughs> no. Ah, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Oh. Anyways, that's my story. That's my contribution. That's what you get. Um, I just remembered I had this library book that I couldn't find in my bedroom one time, and so my mom ended up having to pay for the library book because we couldn't return it, and then like two years later I was cleaning out some of my drawers, and I found the library book, and I just never told my mom, and I still have it. Nice. What book is it? I don't know, it's like some kid's like poetry book. Ew, poetry. Blech. Did you enjoy, do you remember enjoying it? Yeah, it was a good book. Like... But I don't know why I, like, hid it in a drawer. And then, yeah, I, I found it, and then I just never told my mom. Mom's listening to this podcast. She's like, yeah. I fucking knew it. <laughs> that was $15 in late charges. It's, it's in the bookshelf somewhere. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like my childhood is made of memories like that. Like, I have a very distinct memory of being about probably four years old and being in fabric land with my mom. And, uh leaning against something and this other kid who happened to be there walking by and sticking my foot out and tripping oh him because gosh. I saw it in a movie one time oh my God. and he just ate shit so hard and was like crying and then like looked back at me to be like what did you do <laughs> I just wandered off like I'd never I'd never I didn't know who this kid was so I was just like oh I'm out of here like this never happened kind of thing and just no no repercussions um I remember being in grade one and playing in the sandbox with a friend of mine, and I remember. We, we, we need to backtrack. <laughs> okay. You tripped this kid. He ass over tea kettle falls. Yeah. Looks back up at you, like crying, like a pleading look on his face too. Like why? Yeah. And you, instead of saying anything at all, oh, I was gone. I was a phantom. He also thinks about this frequently. <laughs> he must. This one time I was with my mom at Fabricland. <laughs> Fabricland is supposed to be a safe place. Yeah. Some monster emerged from the shadows. Yeah. I don't know. Like when you're a kid, everything you're doing is like you you see something or you learn something and then you experiment with it, right? And it's like you see in movies and stuff like somebody sticks their foot out and trips somebody, and I was like. Oh, give that a go. <laughs> <laughs> were you thinking about like I? Were you, I wonder if you had been thinking about doing this for a while, 
and you were in fabric land and you were like how's my time <laughs> see the that's opportunity yeah. yeah yeah this kid has just finished like a, a master's dissertation in sociology on the inherent evil of man <laughs> citing that as his primary <laughs> case study were you much older than him was he a toddler? Um, the, <laughs> was he a toddler? <laughs> the lack of empathy as he walked away. We, we would have been roughly the same age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there wasn't like a big, a big age. And you were like 24. <laughs> this was like last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That is so great. Yeah. I, got, I feel like I have a bunch of... Okay, little... now hold it. Yeah, the sandbox. Okay. Don't, yeah, don't, so, let's not lose so grade one, one, I was in a sandbox with a friend of mine, and we were playing around, and I, I need to stress, accidentally got a bunch of sand in his eyes. But... Uh, I was so paranoid about getting in trouble, even though it was an accident, like, how do we explain it? But your kid brain, you're just like, in the moment, like, you're trying to, like, hide a body or something. You're like, okay, we got to get our story straight, and this is what happened. Um, so I told him, I was like, you have to tell the... And he's, like, crying, and I'm like, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You have to tell them, you have to tell them that some other kid ran through here and did this. I can't I can't go down for this. I was like, listen to me very carefully. You have to tell him and he was like and he did. And I remember like our teacher being like so upset and like she's like, I can't believe somebody would do that and I'm like sweating in the back the entire time and like never fessed up to it or anything, but yeah. When I was uh like in grade three, um there's this church by our our school and um like the parking lot to get in had been chained off so there's this long chain across and one day after school we were all jumping over the chain and me and this other kid were on the other side of the, the chain and we were like cheering kids on and as we were standing there some kid went to jump and the kid across the chain went thwomp, and like foot hit the chain boom ate shit hard um and then like sort of like you we all just was like oh and, and then we all went our separate ways <laughs> But the kid who flipped the chain told the kid who tripped that it was me. I did it. And, oh, like, I didn't. Shitty. Like, I remember, like, I didn't even have my hands on the chain. And I was like, yeah, like, cheering him on as he jumped. And so later on, like, 45 minutes later, because I lived so close, there was a knock at the door and we opened it. It was a group of kids who were like, no, we're going to beat the shit out of you now. Like, you did, you did this. Yeah. Whoa. And because I was in grade three, both of my brothers were out of the elementary school that I went to, so I don't know if anybody knew that I had brothers. So I was like, ah. and then just sort of emerged out of, oh my god, I have oh, to, no! Quack, quack, quack! Um, double quack. Double, <laughs> quack and quack. Um, I, that's the first time I think I've ever done this. Um, you know, keep their names in, they suck. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. kidding. And you're back in grade three, man. <laughs> You're telling a story where they saved you from getting an ass whooping. <laughs> they like emerged, and the kids were like, uh, "Never mind, yeah, like no, it's whatever." And then they just sort of like dissipated. Oh man, that's a nice thing about having older siblings, I guess. Sneaks has never socially recovered from that incident. <laughs> yeah, uh, still they, a total outcast. Ostracized, be huge. I became a pariah. That's not true. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm debating between two because one is really dumb and one is really bad. Why not both? Um, so the dumb one is, I don't know, when I was like in grade five, I guess I was a little bit of a thrill seeker. So mm -hmm. uh, what I would do is there was a, a road uh, that's a busy road near my home that I would 
stand in the middle of with my arms out and then jump out of the way when cars got close enough. <laughs> 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 it's quite the hobby. Yeah. I thought it was so funny, so I would stand with my arms spread and the cars would get closer and closer and when I chickened out, I would jump off the road and run away. What I'm failing to mention is there was a stop sign where I was, so there was no danger of me getting uh. hit or anything. But in my like mind, it was so dangerous. Uh, so one day... Um, my mom calls me over and she's like, I just got a call from your babysitter. She's like, and she said, she saw you standing in the street <laughs> with cars rushing at you. Um, and it was it, that you're doing this often. Apparently your friends told her at the babysitting place. I was like, mom, I swear, mom, it's not, that's so dumb. Who would do that? She definitely saw somebody else that was not me. Meanwhile, you replaced it. But my mom believed me, and we got a new babysitter. <laughs> you a babysitter fine? Yeah. It wasn't that bad. She had lots of kids. She would have been fine. Like, she was in, like, a group. <laughs> but... My she mom, had lots of kids that she needed she, to support? Like, no. she was a part of some sort of babysitter's club? Yeah, she was in the babysitter's club. But, um... <laughs> the other story also has to do with my mom <laughs> going off on somebody. So, uh, do you remember there was a, like a smaller chain, but it was like a blockbuster in Hamilton, um, Steel City Video. Oh yeah, and that took a really long time. It just to close. closed like yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So we used to run from there all the time when I was a kid, and I was like ten years old, and we rented a movie. Just for me. It was like, I got to watch it all by myself. So I would watch this movie over and over and over. And then I just never brought it back. And one day, um, my mom was like, oh, have we brought that movie back? And I wanted to keep it so bad because I loved it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. So we don't go in for like, it's got to be like three or four months. And we go back to rent another movie. And they say, oh, you never returned this movie. The late fee, I guess there was no block on late fees. The late fee was $120. That's like, that shouldn't even be allowed. It shouldn't, but it was. And so my mom was like, no, we brought that movie back. Like, for sure. Um, my daughter said that her and her dad brought it back. And she was like, right? I was like, totally. <laughs> we brought it back. It's sitting in my bedroom at home. And so my mom went off on this chick oh, and just no. was screaming at her in the middle of the store. And my 10-year-old self was silent, just right, watching, yeah, this, watching this 15-year-old. I hope this 15-year-old <laughs> was looking right at you, like, could read the truth on your face. <laughs> just, and my mom is like, this is ridiculous. It shouldn't be this expensive. How can you be incompetent? You lost it. This... Uh, but they refused to waive the fee, so we were essentially banned from Steel City Video. Wow! But, but we never paid the fee, so yeah. And then they went out of business. Hmm. The moral of the story: though, is my mom is crazy. Do not mess with her. I like to imagine that fifteen-year-old teamed up uh, with another guy who was tripped at Fabric Land, <laughs> yeah. and they both wrote their thesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Sorry, I, I just remembered another really good one. Uh, when I was like probably 10 or 11 years old, uh, the town that I grew up in um, was like small and had like a bit more of like a rural setting around it. And friends of mine and I were like summer and we were out on our bikes and basically we found somebody's grow up. And we were like old enough to like know what pot was, but like not fully old enough that we had like any sort of interaction with it at all. But anyway, we were like, kind of like, 
playing pretend with it. Like, we knew what to do with it and yeah. everything. So we, like, picked a bunch of it. Anyway, we, we go back to my friend's house and we're hanging out watching TV. And, like, his dad comes in with basically all of this pot that he found in my buddy's backpack. And he's like, <laughs> uh, what the hell is this? And... He like he's ready to like lay into this kid and like all of us as his friends are just like uh, time to go. But he like kind of looked at all of it. He's like basically told me he's like you're gonna go home and tell your parents and if you don't tell them I'll be calling to like tell them. And I remember walking home and like doing this sort of like math in my head where okay this is really terrible but I knew my, I knew my buddy's dad was like a bit of like a chronic alcoholic so I was like. Odds are good that he won't remember to call my parents relative to, like, what state he may have or may not have. So I just never told them, but he also never called them. So I had zero repercussions for the whole scenario. Nice. Yes. Yeah. I feel sorry for your friend, though. I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. He, like, it, he came down hard on me. I was like, oh, oh dude, man. Meanwhile, sucks. there's, like, a grow-up manager with a hit list. Where the hell are my plants? These kids who don't know what to, even to do with it are like, ha ha, drugs! <laughs> Flipping the leaves up in the air. Whee! We're getting high! <laughs> this is a really fun uh, topic. I remember one other, I was, so my brother and I were 10, 11 maybe, and we had this little like cherry tree on our property and we lived near a relatively busy road and uh, we had these lightsabers and we were swatting the cherries trying to hit each other. Um, like baseballing them at each other. That sounds cool. But then we thought it would be fun if we started like, like trying to hit cars as they drove by, oh, but just by swatting. And it, it almost never happened. Like normally they just like flaccidly drop near the curb. We weren't that close to the road. But this one time, and I don't remember which one of it was, but we hit a, like an absolute fucking boomer. And this thing flew onto the road, but the car that was driving by had the passenger window down, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the cherry flew directly into the car and. I, like, you have never heard brakes peel like this dude peeled his brakes. Peeled his brakes and pulled in, and this guy's doing a three-point turn. Pulled into a driveway, he's doing a three-point turn. My brother and I just fucking booked it inside. And uh, my mom used to tell a story. So she's inside, and her two boys come tearing in. Just fucking tearing in. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Right up the stairs, right? And this guy pulls into her driveway, storms up to the door, and I guess is, like, knocking on the door, and... My mom answers, and I guess what he was expecting is her to be like, I cannot believe my boys would... And she's laughing in this guy's face. She's like, they're fucking children. <laughs> like, of course they did that ridiculous like, thing. What? Okay, like, you need, to, you need to calm down. So I can only imagine, like, we didn't see any of this. We were gone. <laughs> we're like, nope, we out. Assuming new identities. <laughs> yeah. your bags. We're out of here. She's telling us, she's like, like Making this, fake passports. This guy must have been so, like, dissatisfied with the reaction. Just, like, absolutely fuming these literal children who had flung a cherry into his car. Oh, man. Um, she did talk to us about, like, safety and stuff, but, like, she was like, uh, like, what, you want me to, like, bring them down so you can yell at them or something? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, we The novelty that. of throwing things in front of cars or yeah. at cars as a child, endlessly entertaining. Yeah, well, it was an evolution from, like, hitting them at each other. Like, I wonder if we could hit, like, a fast-moving target. But Fair. the window down was just... That's perfect. Yeah, no, I'd but like say I it's have the cherry. Yeah, I. Um, 
That's great. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, that's a great story. Everyone's story was great. Next topic. Uh, all right, because um, I love talking about philosophy things, I'm going to do a non-traditional one, though. Um, there's that whole thing about uh, the ship. You all know what I'm talking about. Um, if a ship leaves from a port and during its travels, over the course of time, every single plank of that ship is interchanged with a new one, so that by the time it reaches back to its original destination, no single part of the ship is the part that departed. Is it still the same ship? Is like a it's about self identity, right? Like Isn't it because the human body is constantly self replicating. Right. Seven years. Right. All the cells in your body. So every seven years. In any oh. case, I'm not going to ask something as mundane as that standard question. Um, I mutated it slightly. So uh, if we could break our personalities and/or our persons down into planks that made up the fundamentals of who we are as a person. Which ones would be most critical so that if they were removed, you would be certain that it was no longer, you were no longer the same ship? What aspects of yourself could not be removed and maintain you as a person? Mm. Are you, are you asking like the general you or like you specifically? I want specifics. It's like, if you look at yourself as a person and you're like, like if it wasn't for like, I don't know, like what are, like I feel like, like I'm pretty geeky and if you removed all of my geeky interests, I'd be pretty generic. But if you removed all of my geeky interests and, like, the way that I like dealing with logic problems or something, you'd have this person that I would just no longer recognize. There are, like, critical parts of, or, like, I don't know, I generally tend towards, like, what I consider moralistically good territory, and, like, I really relate to very generic hero archetypes constantly i feel like if you took that aspect of like my like fumbling sense of morality away and and then one of these other critical aspects i it would just no longer be that'd be a different ship that's not that's not Hmm. mast anymore oh man that's so appropriate they took your mast uh yeah my mast no one will ever take my mast only one person can take my mast Produce offspring. This is terrible. Yeah. Someone stop me. Okay, let's move on. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, take a good look at yourselves. Um, what about ourselves is fundamental to who we are as our own unique self. So, like, our sense of right and wrong is a generic thing. You're thinking, like, more specifically, like... Well, you can be, be, even be, like, quirky things. Like... If I wasn't constantly making, like, inappropriate jokes and innuendo out of everything everyone was saying... You'd be a lot more pleasant. Right. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. But, like, even Sneaks was saying something earlier, and he's like, I think I know what you're thinking. And it gets to the point where, like, people around me will be like, oh, Mast must be making this inappropriate joke, and he's going to say it in a second. And I might not even be paying attention to what they're saying, and they start doing it themselves, because they... So like if you took that, that's a pretty fundamental understanding that people have when they're around me. If you could take a couple of those like quirks about me and take them away, it's just not the same. Right. Not the same shit. Um, I don't know. Like who sneaks if he's not laughing himself to tears at his own jokes? Yeah, I, I, but like if you took away my ability to laugh at my own jokes, like crying laughing at my own jokes, that's like a, that doesn't happen, like that's not a everyday occurrence. Mm. But I mean, like, that's... 
Is that really fundamental Does to who I am? Does skepticism have a sound? <laughs> <laughs> I know mine. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think there are three parts of me that I think truly define who I am as a person. And they're, they're strange and how different they are. One of them is I know I would not be who I am, where I am today, if I wasn't as crazy competitive as I am. That is just such a huge part of my personality in my life. Like, everything I do every day stems from wanting to be the best, wanting to be better, being I'm ambitious. probably more competitive. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fucking not. <laughs> no. um, and I just know that it's such a big part of me, and I think it also really... People either really love it about me or really hate it about me, so it defines my relationships too. So strange. Uh, the next is, I think a big part of me is, I'm gonna call it my imagination, but it's, it stems from my love of narratives. Like I love stories and storytelling, and if I didn't invest so much in stories and storytelling, I don't think my imagination would be, would be as active as it is. Like every day I like to, like, at night, I'm just laying in bed imagining fun stories or coming up with plots for a novel to write or something, and it's just so much fun to be creative. So I guess creativity is another thing, but I'm not overly creative in my output, just in my brain. And then my um, third is my <laughs> inability to be overtly serious. Uh, I've, there's been a lot of like negative things in my life, and I think if I was a more serious person, I'd be in a really dark place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I relate to that. Yes, yeah. So, um, but I'm not, and so it, it's really changed where I've ended up in my life. So I think those are my big three, and without them, I'd be a, a different ship. I want to thank you for giving such a good answer that it made the question itself look better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that your ability to be so introspective so quickly and be able to... It's either something you've already thought about or you're just really good at knowing yourself. Um, Actually, I do often quote that as one of my strengths. My ability to self-reflect. <laughs> I'm better at it than everybody here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... Uh, a, I, I, to piggyback off of yours, uh, I'm not competitive at all. So I think that if you added competitiveness to myself... Oh, cool. I would be a very different person. Like, I... We talk about if there was an apocalypse, like, who would you be on the team? Like, I wouldn't be the leader. Like, I would be, like, the person who walks around and makes sure everybody's in a good place. Um, So, like, adding competitiveness to me would be, like, a completely different... uh, Like, a sociopath, maybe? You know? I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Why are you looking at me when you say that? Um... So, and, but... Look inside. They, yeah, yeah, self-reflect, yeah, self-reflect a little bit. You'll get there. Uh, um, but I, very similar to you, um, if I'm listening to music or when I'm laying in bed at night, like, I'm constantly creating, daydreaming. I'm constantly, like, thinking up fun stories and narratives in my head. Um, and I really enjoy it. Like, it... it and I, I wouldn't say that I use it as a way of, like, navigating, like, parts of my life. Like, I've read some literature that talks about how daydreaming is so important for children because it helps them replay moments in their head and what they could have done differently. And that's where like, we're missing a lot of, this is sort of a tangent, but children nowadays are, are spending so much time on a screen. That, kids these days. Yeah, damn kids. Oh and they're tick-tocking, tick-tacking. Um, but they spend so much time on a screen that they don't daydream anymore. And daydreaming is so integral to, integral, sorry, to 
to navigating like parts of their life and I know you said it as a joke but have you ever watched TikTok these kids on it are incredibly creative and funny like the videos they make I'm like oh my gosh this is insanely clever and creative and it's such a fantastic outlet for the technological generation that anyone who's like kids in their I'm like you need to watch it then I feel like I feel like too there's a certain level of like like there's media literacy where I think uh, and largely I think we grew up in a state where it was daydreaming or it was these machines that you engage with but we're engaging with these machines on a whole different level now so I think with a higher level of, of media literacy you're getting, I think you're getting, like you're saying, like a, a better uh, pops possibility of, of creative outlet. And you can make those daydreams reality with technology, right? Like you can envision something in your brain and be like, okay, now I want to see that in an mm. animation or um, in a story I make. Or <laughs> or spend three weeks building it in Minecraft. Sure. <laughs> but you know what I mean? For sure. It's just different, but it's still valid. Yeah, so if you <laughs> added competitiveness to me, uh, <laughs> it would be a different sneaks. Um, and I, I agree that if you took the daydreaming, I think that I wouldn't be imaginative. Taking away my imagination would be really like... And that's a big part of why you're funny, I'm sure. I think so. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. He uh, is funny. Because it's, it's uh, funny. <laughs> Do I have to say it like it's a... You hate having to admit that. <laughs> okay, everyone, calm down. <laughs> jokes aside, really solid dude. Um, currently. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Here he goes, laughing at his own joke. Anyway, I think that's a, it's a good question. I also like to think that, like, what could you add to yourself to, that would yeah, no, change really you cool. as a person, mm-hmm. fundamentally? Mm-hmm. Um, I th- also think that, like, I consider myself pretty left on the political spectrum, and I think that if you took away uh, some of those aspects of myself that think in that direction, like, I don't know, anything that someone would think of that is left-leaning, like, I can't imagine a version of me that's, like, a hard right. Like, that would be insane. Like, Mm -hmm. hard, yes, but right. (laughs) But, like, that that would be really... I think if I met that... If there was an alternate universe where I met, like, the Alex P. Keaton version of myself, uh, I, I don't think... I don't know. It'd be very jarring to... Unrecognizable. S- yeah. Different ship. Yes. Stick with the metaphor. <laughs> uh, last two people? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was thinking, like... I like to, like tinker with things like I enjoy being sort of not really a jack of all trades but I like to think that I am like that I can just like pick something up and try to and I'll just like try to figure out how it works like I'm pretty good at like troubleshooting computers and like putting together furniture and like just doing random things like that and I enjoy that kind of stuff so I feel like if I didn't have like skills or if I like the best way that I learn is by doing so I'll just like go start like jump in and do it and like that's how I learned so if I didn't have those skills what's like so someone who's an autodidact is somebody who like intuitively understands machinery right like somebody who can um we're all gonna nod because none of us know yeah okay so I'm sorry whoever's listening to this later google autodidact because I could be like full of shit right now but I think an autodidact tweet us yeah (laughs) topics at topics underscore and um either pretentious or you have no idea what you're talking about I'm pretty sure an autodidact is somebody who like I read a book once 
and it was a character who was an autodidact, and they were like, um, they took apart minds in in the war because they intuitively knew how to do that, um, and uh, and and also put it back together. Like they could look at a ham radio, take it apart, and know instinctively how to put it all back together. Um, and I feel like I don't know what the you're like an autodidact, but like say autodidact again. Autodidact. Uh, <laughs> I'll just replace every word with autodidact. I'm just going to quack it every time you say autodidact. Yeah, smart. <laughs> um, you are that, but whatever version of that for putting furniture together and, and figuring out. IKEA. <laughs> and like computers. An and IKEA didact. Uh, I'm trying to compliment uh, checkers right. and it's not happening very well. But you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say. Okay, go ahead, Rick. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I think initial, like my initial response to your question was much more like technical. We're like, well, what's the thing that if you took, and I was like, oh, well, my memories, obviously. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are like the key component of like my infrastructure as a human being. If you woke up with amnesia tomorrow, well, would it really be, would it really be him waking up? Well, so that's the, what I'm asking is, if you woke up with amnesia tomorrow, I don't know much about amnesia at all. Clearly. Um, no, it's, it's you'd, so would you still, like, carry personality quirks without the memories? Yeah, you must. Yeah? Yeah. Like, you would still wake up... Like, you just wouldn't know the whys. Yeah. Yeah, so you might find yourself be being sarcastic, yeah. but not realizing where, like, that was entrenched in your being. That would be my assumption, yeah. Deep-rooted traumas. Yeah. You think sarcasm is part of deep-rooted traumas? Mine certainly is. <laughs> right. Go on. Oh, okay. Um, so that was like my initial response, but obviously, like, given the nature of the answers, I, like, I think... Uh, <laughs> oh, my, my body. Oh. If you took away my body, I'd definitely be different. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think for me, I have a deep underlying motive to, like, see those around me at comfort and at ease. Um, and I think if I divorced myself from that, I would feel like a very different person. Mm. Um, yeah, that being said, it's like I feel like looking back at my life, everything feels very episodic in terms of who I am because, you know, I moved around a lot growing up and everything so my life in terms of my memory is very sectionable where right. it feels like it slots into these like kind of group categories and I, I, I feel like it compartmentalize my identity a little bit in that right. sense well because you also change how you behave depending on who you're around definitely right? yeah so what's weird is like I can I looking back I, I feel like I have a very um, clear sense of how I've shifted and how I've moved as a person um, so there are things that I think probably Five to ten years ago, I would have felt integral to who I am as a person, and maybe now not so much. Yeah. Um, so it's weird having, be coming from a position of being able to recognize. Um, oh, these like these ideas we have about what constitutes our right. identity are actually very shiftable and yeah, valuable. They can. Yeah. The boards can be replaced, but the sensation of. Right. The initial vessel is still... Right, so the ship that arrives at the end doesn't think it's a different ship. Either. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah. because the name of the ship is still the same. But it, <laughs> well, maybe. It's carrying all the same that, stuff. That, if that board got replaced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that would probably be, like, my key answer is just, like, the fundamental way I relate to other people is through wanting 
others to feel at ease around me. Um, and I don't. It, I think if that board changed, I would feel I would feel extremely alien to myself. Um, Mass and I were talking about this sort of a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's kind of funny that it came to that. Yeah. Um, a little bit earlier, and I was th- thinking about this question now. Like, do you think there's a part of you? that made you who you were earlier in life that has fundamentally changed and now you're a different person because maybe you ejected that part of yourself? Or, or like... <laughs> you're getting so specific. I, I, I could list, like, probably a number of things that would, like, fall under that umbrella, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know, like... A fundamental component of growing up is loss of something. Yeah. Be it circumstantial or personal... Or even parts of your own own identity you take on and you shuck. I mean, your whole teenage years are predicated on the exploration of identity. So you attach to a subculture, you decide you're a goth for a while, and then you decide you're not that, and you keep components of that, but you you lose. <laughs> you know, you're not wearing mascara and like black nail polish anymore. That type of thing. Um, I think that cycling of pieces of identity is just fundamental to being a, a human being that's existing. Yeah. Cool. A human being. Um, next question. So I'm just gonna assume that we're all Harry Potter fans. And I was listening to the first audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question is that if you were to look into the mirror of Erised, mm. what would you see? I like that two people went, mm, and the other two people were like, mm, what? So it shows you <laughs> your deepest desire. Yes, okay, I just needed a, rem- a memory. Of That's how every mirror works for me. <laughs> oh, so you just see yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Narcissism is also a very key component of my personality. <laughs> So I was discussing this topic with Sneaks yesterday, and I told him that if I looked in the mirror, I would just see myself smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's sad. <laughs> oh boy! Wait, because you're not happy normally. <laughs> it was like a half joke, and I half laughed. Um, Happiness is a complicated thing. Okay. <laughs> But pure Don't read into this. actual contentedness yeah. and not fleeting happiness can be something that one aspires to. See, for this question, I have an answer that I want to give and then an answer that's true. <laughs> um, I also think that, like, Checkers, we were, when, we, when she said that joke, half joke, we were talking a little bit about how, like, she really enjoys these memes these small comics that like have super dark humor like the yeah. one that where yeah but is that her heart's true desire to watch <laughs> I mean it's the mirror of Ezra nope oh. 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 half quack just a little quack yeah just a little half quack quack uh. <laughs> 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 um but you like that what that meme that you really like where uh the, like someone's oh let me find it okay continue talking Oh, uh, we'll just fill the dead air um, with more dead air. <laughs> Great work, um, man. That's like to like and to know what you really want can be a difficult thing. Um, My evil clone pointing to me. I Shoot so. him! He's the clone. Friend aims at the clone. The real Alex would never pass up an opportunity to die. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. That was the meme you were referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, there's also like, 
there, like a lot of Reddit is that kind of humor. I also very much enjoy it. Um, right, so would you say that the both of you are? I don't know if if Clark is as well. Are you all Reddit like people? Very recently, I've got, but I'm not like I'm not into the. That's ah, hard. I'm not deep into the culture of it. Um, I enjoy the the general political and humor leanings, and it's it's something very easy to browse. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I find that especially now that I have produced two offspring, like I'm much having something that I can glance at and scroll easily. That's not just a recurring Facebook feed of people I don't talk to anymore. Is uh, is appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do really enjoy the the humor that I find there. Um, like Have you discovered different subreddits that you enjoy following? I guess I mostly just kind of scroll the main page, and I, I very rarely visit specific subreddits other than for like yeah, there's one called, games that there's I There's one called Cats Murdering Toddlers. Mm. I think you should look it up. Is this right. our heart's deepest desire? Reddit? <laughs> uh, you know what? I would see myself scrolling Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> With this, what's smiling look, while you Look do how it. happy I look. But like, actually, though, like, I don't think that that's necessarily like. It, it's 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 community like-minded ideas. No, you cannot justify Reddit as your answer. That's not my answer. That's not my answer. But what I'm saying is, if someone, if that was a moment in which you were truly content, you found community, a sense of belonging, a sense of happiness, then why can't that the, just the simple act of of living in a particular culture where you feel welcome to be something that you would see. Or even a particular moment that you remember being at, like, at peace. Yeah. But I think like for this question that's faulty because the idea then would be that if you were truly your heart star you wouldn't need a community online to feel that way yeah you're also feel that you're way not always you're not reflecting on a moment that's yeah, past it's, it's, no okay it's like your whole I, life it's asking you what do you want most in life it wouldn't be but but that that feeling is the yeah. thing that's being captured so i i but mean you wouldn't I just, want just that feeling at one time you'd what want does it always. so so you'd want to be able to feel that way at work, and you'd want to be able to feel that way with your family and online, sure. Guess what's in my pocket? A window to Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> that you can experience at any point in the Literally day. all the time. But you're not right now. You're okay, but, friends. So what did so what did Harry see in the mirror? His family. His family. Right. Right? But it was they were dead. super dead. Parents. Right. But, <laughs> but did he see the entire span of his time with his family, or did he see his family standing there because you can only encapsulate it in a moment of that feeling of belonging and contentedness of being with his family. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying you can't visually represent the entirety of an experience over a lifetime. This could be, I mean, I'm, I'm spending too much time trying to justify this. I just disagree with you that the scrolling through Reddit couldn't be something someone would see in the mirror. It's not my answer. I just, I disagree with you. I... Uh, feel like, um, and I'm, I'm going to end this a certain way, and it's not just to, for the awe factor, but uh, I, in the summer, I take my dog uh, for walks uh, down at the bayfront, and... Um, down by the bay! Um, uh, I, I, when I talk about being down at the bayfront, I very specifically word it in such a way that people don't jump on that. It's a great work. That worked out well. Um, no, yeah, it, it worked out terribly. So uh, what I would see in the mirror is me finding the perfect way to phrase down at the bayfront so that people can't. Uh, and I find it when it's like mid-July, walking my dog down there, like that's really wonderful. 
And if I could, if, if I looked in the mirror now, it would just be uh, me and Checkers and my dog. And that's like, that would be something, just walking and talking in a really nice day. And my dog isn't aging. He's still with me. But you can't feel that at work, so... That's what that person would get from Reddit. And that you could get in multiple places, not just Reddit. But that okay. feeling of dog love, that's where he sees that moment. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That <laughs> feeling of dog love? <laughs> dog in love with checkers, that's the moment he envisions that, but it's not just about that moment. Right. Uh, I would say the same thing about... Okay. Right? You see what I'm saying, though. I do see what you're they're, saying. They're, par- yes. they're, they're going parallel places. <laughs> they are, yes. Uh, this is really different. I don't know what, like, what... I don't know. Uh, I also would have a six-pack... Uh, in this scenario. <laughs> also, I'm very, very sexy. You're part. laughing, but that's my answer. I'd look in the mirror and I'd be 100 pounds lighter. And that's an honest answer, because I have everything I want in my life otherwise. I just would be nice to not be out of breath when you walk upstairs. Fair. I also have And not there. be worried about dying 20 years earlier. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Man. That's a really tough que- like question to, to ask or answer, I think. Like Yeah, I don't know I don't know I don't I wouldn't know how to begin. Like Can it be like a weird eclectic like I'm walking on the path with the dog, Checkers is beside me, there's some sort of giant screen playing an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie I've, off to the no, side. I've got a million dollars in my bank account. I- no. Um, so it can be like checking my bank account on like, my there phone. There can be like so lots going it. on. Yeah. So I feel like, uh, for me, I like I really like where I am in life, but I'm in this very domestic place that is totally fine. Like I've been with the same person for uh, eleven years. Portion, yeah, eleven and a half years. Um, we Wait, had eleven and a half years. Yeah. We were trying to figure out how long we knew each other. Weren't you with your partner? Then when you met me, was it your first? Didn't you just? I, we were together at the time. So, but like, were, were you just together? Uh, yeah, maybe like a year and a bit. So we're probably like nine or ten years. Anyways, okay. point is, we have a house. We have two children, the dog, the whole thing. Um, and like, I find great contentedness in my family. Part of this is. Um, you know, coming out of school and I got a job and to me it's, it's, I enjoy it. I like the workplace. I like the culture. It's a job. So I think there's a version of me somewhere that somehow managed to find some sort of motivation to follow something more passionate and that still has this, you know, like cohesive family unit of things that I treasure but also is doing something that is a bit more, like, passion-driven. Mm-hmm. So, like, like somehow making it as a, as a, like, a published poet would have been one of my ambitions when I was much younger. Um, or, uh, and I'll say, like, even being, like, a more socially active version of myself. Like, I know a lot about social issues, but I have never been active in you know, like attending rallies or speaking out against things other than rhetorically in discourse, which I think can still be important. But somewhere in this mirror, there's a version of me that has everything that I have that I love, but is also somehow more passion driven. Because honestly, like, I, I'm, I'm happy with where I am, 
I made these choices practically, right? And I don't, I don't regret it at all, but there is a version where you can have that plus, and I think that's what I would see there. Mm. That was lovely. See, I found what's yeah. interesting about, like, both your answers is the idea of, you know, oh, I have, I have most of what I, what I want now. It's like the devil's in the details, or it's these, like, yeah. Minor things. Well, that, have you met us? We are amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're both dope as hell. Yeah, true. Um, the worst thing is that we never got to be together. It's true. <laughs> the worst thing is that even if at some point we had built up that chemistry, it would have been you and yeah. my sales. I would have, yes. I would have been cool with just sales in my life, to <laughs> yeah. be honest. <laughs> but I like you too. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> sales is my name for my partner, if anybody missed that on a mm-hmm. previous. I just want to add that I and Checkers are both great people, too. See, when you have to add it like that... It's genuine and real. What Sneaks sees in the mirror is him delivering that with confidence. It's it's me not having an inferiority complex. (laughs) If I don't break down sobbing afterwards, it's it's gone well. That's the mirror one. I, I, I feel for myself that a lot of who I am and how I live my life is uh, designed around like an intrinsic longing that permeates everything for me. So deriving satisfaction from things for me is very difficult. Um, and like de- deriving satisfaction in and of myself is very, very challenging. And so it's interesting to hear people who are like... You're saying when you accomplish something, you never quite feel it as much as you should no. or you want to. No, not even close. Um, and so the, the nature of the question is like very uncomfortable for me because it's asking, well, okay, without this key motivating factor for you, what would be there? And I don't really know how to answer that where I'm like, okay, yeah, if I like... if who I am wasn't designed around always longing for something better. Who, who would I be and what would I look like? And that's incredibly challenging to like even address, which is probably why it happens in a mirror. And it's like, <laughs> cool. Thanks, J.K. Rowling. Whatever. But um, yeah. So I don't. I don't. I don't directly know how I w- I would answer that because it like would strip away a pretty, like, to to go back to the previous question, it would strip away a pretty fundamental piece of my identity, I guess. Um, You'd be a different ship. Yeah, not the same ship. Yeah. Um, Yeah, which, like, maybe maybe it would just be something as simple as me just, like, in the mirror being like, cool, man, it's all right, and then just thumbs-upping myself and being okay with it. Like, the the version of yourself that you're looking at is, like, motivational to the other, your true, your actual (laughs) version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe something like that. That's as close um, as I can get, I guess. Do you think J.K. Rowling is like the George Lucas of books? Yep. Because doesn't she like constantly, like people ask her questions and she like gives a new uh, interpretation on what's good. Like, has she like, she's changed. She hasn't changed things. She's added things that you're like, there was no indication of this. Right. right. Or she answers questions that like. On Twitter all the time. Yeah. People. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also like. The books are so wonderfully imaginative. Um, I didn't read, I think, halfway through the fourth one, maybe, or maybe halfway through the fifth one, I tapped out. 
um, but sales, my partner, loved them. And I think there's a, an imaginative context, but she also went back and read them again as an, as an adult after having a much broader range of having read and was like, like there are definitely, they are not the best written things you're ever going to read. Okay. And I guess, mm-hmm. like... But it's the story, right? It's not the Yeah, writing, but it yeah. captured the imaginations of a whole bunch of people, and I think well, that's I think, valuable. I think what I like about it... So I didn't, I didn't read them at all until I was, like, well into my 20s. Um, and I think what I appreciate about them is that I read the first one and was like, this is, this is really badly written. But what's cool is that you actually watch her grow a lot as a writer while mm. reading them, and I really enjoyed that process, where by the end I was like, oh, dang, you got some chops, okay. Like, <laughs> it's cool to watch somebody grow and learn and like the books do that with her as well obviously yeah um yeah i also hella respect then she put out a book with an alias um to like take those chops and prove herself without the name behind the weight it was really cool casual vacancy i think it was oh yeah Yeah. do you think that the publishing company was like well they of course no they they probably said yeah sure no problem yeah yeah because as soon as it comes out as well, then they just leak, they just leak the, the hell out of the fact yeah. that it's her, and then sell a billion yeah. batch of best copies. seller it instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. You were gonna say something and I cut you off. Uh, it's gone. Uh, well, okay. I was kind of say that's very early in this this part of the conversation about the mirror. I said seeing what you want and knowing what you truly want, like that's a very difficult thing, and I think it's a common narrative and kind of what you were talking about. So there's a. Uh, and I don't think it's a, a, I'm going to tell a story, but it's not exclusive to this person, but there's a, a rapper called NF, um, and he's, uh, his whole thing is real music. He talks a lot about trauma and childhood trauma, and he processes a lot of that stuff in his music. Um, uh, he's also kind of a, a, a Christian rapper, and that comes into it as well, but uh, I don't relate to that part so much as I do, um, you know, talking about trauma and dealing with it. And in the middle of one of his albums, and I can't remember which one it, it is, um, like a, I'm a big fan of therapy session and perception and the search is okay but uh, in the middle of one of them he has this interlude and it, it's, it's just him in an interview talking and the whole speech is like at the highest point in his career he had a, a track on the top 100 he had sold out shows every date on his tour only one date didn't, wasn't sold out he was at the highest point he was feeling the absolute lowest it's everything he ever wanted and he was talking about how difficult it was being in that moment. Um, and he's like, if this isn't it, if this isn't what makes me feel like get there, if that's not it, then what's left for me, right? There's this idea that like, that's what he's, if he looked in the mirror, if you asked him what he would see when he looked in the mirror, he would have been like sold out dates, top 100, like su- su- succeeding, right? And he got there and that wasn't it. So like, I don't think we know what we would see in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's more my point. It's like, I, I guess I've been, I guess I've been wrong about a lot of <laughs> what I think would be in the mirror so far. So I'm just like kind of done guessing. Yeah, about and, it. And, and, and like I know, yeah. like none of us like recoiled straight to it. Like with Harry Potter seeing his family, it's like that's an easily identifiable trauma that you're like, I just want to reverse that, right? Like. I think we've all probably experienced traumas and it would be really easy to be like, I would be there in a world where that trauma didn't happen, right? But that's just kind of what we what we instinctually think we'd see in the mirror. We don't actually know what's in there, right? So that's why in the early I was like, that's really difficult to kind of grapple with because there's what we think we want. And and this is a guy who was very successful and he's like, I was there and that wasn't it, right? So I just thought to throw that out there. Also, if you're into rap music at all, NF, is he's got some really good tracks. Cool. Very cool.
next Q. Um, I didn't really have anything, so I'll. Well, I'll the bar go, is I'll really go, uh, low. No, I'll use that that last thing as a as a jumping point. Uh, favorite song lyric and why? Ooh, yeah. Oh boy, I that's tough. That's tough for people who aren't like music lovers. Is it? I I think so. Like, I I. And the type of person where if I find a song that I really like, um, and I think that Checkers hates this, I'll want to listen to it on repeat <laughs> yeah. nine thousand times. I'm very similar for two months and then never again. And then I and yeah, and then I'm kind of done with the song and I move on. Um, but the song lyric that like I like to joke around with with Checkers a lot that I really like is a Macklemore line um, where he says, "I know the devil wants to dance with me." But that doesn't mean that motherfucker gets to. I know the devil fancy me, but that don't mean the motherfucker gets to dance with me. Yeah. You don't even know the lyric. I I know. Everybody's my like favorite hey. lyric is the one that you know. Tell me my lyric. Uh, yeah. yeah. Everybody <laughs> listening is like, and that's liar. why they're so good together. <laughs> um, the, one, the one that jumped into my head was also a Macklemore lyric, which I think I've said on the podcast before, which is "Tell my mom I'm gonna die sober." <laughs> <laughs> um. But I, that's a, that's a good one. I'm not a, I'm not a music lover. So I, I will listen to a song a thousand times, but I won't be like, this song is changing me. Like there's this line in here that really speaks to who I am, and like, or that it's like really salient to what's going on in the culture right now. Like nothing, I wouldn't say that there are, there's music out there that that does that for me. Um, but I like that one Macklemore line that I couldn't remember properly, so I clearly didn't love it that much. Mm-hmm. See, I also am not a music lover. I hate live music. I really picked a... Yeah, don't go to concerts. But I actually do have an answer to this question. Because I find it difficult to relate to music in that way, too. I'm not like, yes, let's just listen. But there was a song I heard recently. By recently, I mean like last year. um, Called The Joke by Brandi Carlisle, I think. Oh, she's great. Yeah. So this song, I listened to it. I was like, this is such a good song. And the one line I think of that I really love is um, I've been to the movies, I've seen how it ends and the joke's on them. And it's because the whole song is about like overcoming struggle and everything like that. And I'm just like, I kind of love that idea that like, you can put me down, I know how, the confidence, I know how this is going to end and I'm going to be, maybe it's the competitiveness in me. <laughs> like, I'm going to overcome <laughs> this and beat you and the joke's on you. And I, I think about that song a lot whenever I'm like, oh, like I'm going through something. I got to do this. And I'm like, you know what? I got this. Like, I know how this is going to end. Mm-hmm. I really like it. It helps me. It's like a mantra that helps me get through um, difficult tasks. Um, I think, uh, and so when I was studying creative writing, um, I studied under a, a professor who would talk about the difference between like the way that poets write and the way that popular music is written. And I think there's a lot of songs that I'll listen to where the lyrics really bother me because they're not thought through at all. Um, And so I don't know if I can identify one particular lyric. I actually do listen to... I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm not a music lover because I do love certain music, but I'm not like a music theorist and I don't listen to albums very often. Typically it's just a song that I like. But my favorite moments in music are when there's a lyric that everybody knows, but nobody really thinks about mm. <laughs> the actual meaning of it. And when you realize that it's actually just so extremely clever or like way sadder than the melody would have you think it is, 
Um, and I'm trying to think of a, a couple examples. So, um, uh, who is it? Gin Blossoms, Follow You Down. Anywhere you go, I'll follow you down. Any, uh, what is it? Any, uh, any place but those I know by heart. Anywhere you go, I'll follow you down. I'll follow you down, yeah. but not that far. Like, I've been down there. I'll follow you anywhere, but not to that place that I've been that I'll never go back to. Mm. I feel like people mindlessly sing that song and they don't realize that that is like one of the saddest <laughs> lyrics they will ever listen to. Like, I would go anywhere for you, but if I ever go back to that place, right? Yeah. So I think things like that, where like I'm like, lyrically, this is amazing. People don't think about it. Um, but also, like, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to pick a particular lyric because I just listen to like a whole bunch of eclectic music all the time and I connect to it in different ways for different things and going through different shit you'll find yourself but I'd say those are my favorite moments with music when you hear a lyric and you're like hell yeah I think um uh uh is is it your jewel you you were meant for me and I was meant for you like I think that song is so tragically sad uh, and I think people listen to it and they're like, this is fine, but like, it's really... It's a cute love song. Yeah, it's yeah. really about a person who has not accepted that it wasn't the right person for them. Um, I, like, go listen to it. And she's also, she's a poet, but like, so, you know, I find lyrics are the most important part of a song for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, I would say it's it's not a particular lyric, but an experience of finding something in a song that, you know, was lyrically well put together. Whereas, like, some popular music... I remember um, when Miley Cyrus track came out and it started with, <laughs> I've got my sights set on you and I'm ready to aim. And I, I just, it was on the radio all the time. And I'm like, how, what, how are your sights set? What does that mean? If they're on you, haven't you finished the aiming process? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> Who, You're ready to shoot. You already <laughs> aimed. How, how did this get past so many people? And so when I hear lyrics that are actually really thoughtful, uh, mm-hmm. that's, I, that's what I connect when, with. Uh, I remember when um, Lord's uh, Royal came yeah, out. You were, yeah. like, you were talking about how fucking great the lyrics in that song. Yeah, that is lyrically just a wonderful song. So how do you feel about Billie Eilish? Uh, yeah, I, have listened, I'm, I have listened to literally none. Like I, new James Bond theme is great. She, uh, her really lyrics good. are really deep. Like she, I, she's yeah. been to a dark place. Yeah, I haven't. So I haven't listened at all to anything. Um, so someone would have to send me something to, to I, listen to. I'm really bad at memorizing lyrics uh, to music. Like I can listen to the no. same song a hundred times and and not remember anything properly. But for some reason, Lizzo's uh, "Truth Hurts" oh like. Too. <laughs> we just quote yeah, it all the time. Yeah, I got boy problems. That's a human in me. Bling bling. <laughs> then I saw him. That's the goddess of me. She doesn't have a bad song. Juice, come on. I just the truth versus the only song I think I've listened to. Oh, you gotta listen to Juice. Let's talk about how excited the non-music lovers are getting about songs right now. <laughs> I really like. I just like Juice because she's just like song lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> you like collecting song lyrics. Like I used to like write like little things in my phone all the time but then like it got wiped and I don't have that anymore but like I feel like if I started getting tattoos or like how people get like lyrics I would just be like covered in just, just words everywhere yeah you should just you should just you start like a, from a, a separate twitter handle oh and just like tweet things yeah just like you know call it lyrics I like or that's probably taken but mm. and then just whenever you want to write one down throw it on there and then it's it's you mm-hmm. can you can scroll through them anytime yeah Cool. I, um, I don't think you answered your question. No, I didn't. Um, I have like a couple that caught, like, so I'm very much into song lyrics, and like, I, I'm probably the opposite of.
and that like I find them I find them intensely easy to memorize yeah. and and commit mm-hmm. to memory um, and so they stick with me a long time and like I, I, I probably have similar moments to you where it's like maybe something that you've heard a bunch or um, something like that and then all of a sudden you have this moment where it's very arresting and you, you feel like you understand it on a new level yeah yeah um, so I have, like, a couple that come to mind, like, uh, uh, there's some weird, I guess I don't know if it, like, counts because it's spoken word, but, uh, there's a band called Listener, and, uh, they... I got my song that I really like. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, so everything's all spoken word, and in the one song he has a lyric, uh, that goes, um, everything falls apart at the exact same time it comes together perfectly for the next step, which is probably, like, one of my favorite lyrics of all time mm-hmm. <laughs> it just yeah. says so much and it's like so stupidly simple at the same time um the other one is like much weirder it's by a guy named bill callahan who has a song uh that's all about dreaming the perfect song and uh so it's about he, he has a dream of like the perfect song and he wakes up shortly afterwards and he's trying to write it down on this pad next to his bed mm-hmm. then he goes back to sleep and he wakes up later and he's like oh, it's a good thing I wrote this down, but he looks at it and it's complete gibberish. Like, it makes <laughs> yeah. no sense. The song's called Eidmann Clackshaw, which is, again, part of what he writes down and it's complete nonsense. But one of the lyrics in the song is, uh, all of these fine memories are fucking me down. And, like, there's something so intensely visceral about that language that I've, like, just completely adopted it. Yeah. And, like, if things are going rough and somebody asks me how I it's going I'll often say like nah things are just really fucking me down right now because it's such a like good play on like common phrase but in a way in a context and in like a a turn of phrase that you don't readily get but you immediately get at the same time (laughs) it's very jarring in a way that makes you understand exactly what it means exactly yeah Yeah. you're like I've never heard that before but I get it entirely (laughs) Um, transcends language exactly so for that reason it's like one of my favorites as well yeah um Jizzed in my pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just ate a grape and I jizzed in my pants. Um, but I actually, Common People, William Shatner's version mm-hmm. of Common People. Yes. Oh, yeah. I fucking love that song. Um, He's I, like quite, his spoken word stuff is actually like pretty great. I, there's something about just like, I don't even know if William Shatner like grew up poor. So I don't know if like he actually identifies with the song that he's singing. Or ever had like El Pagetti or whatever that yeah. was. Zoodles? Was it Zoodles? Was it, was it Thick that went off on me because I didn't know what Zoodles were? No. And she was like, you were poor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, like that song of just like meeting somebody who like is, that wants to dress and look probably like so many poor people. And wants to experience what poor people experience, but the singer is actually living this life and is like, you will have, you you can't, there's no way you will ever accurately understand what anybody is going through because you have a safety net. Like if things get bad enough, you can like call somebody or, you know, you'll never experience what it's like to be stuck in an apartment with roaches climbing the walls and and not be able to escape that situation. Mm, yeah. And it's such like I just love I love that song of like and just how it's sung. Um, I think William Shatner's like spoke angry spoken word mm-hmm. does it more justice than the original version. Interesting. And the original singer sings the chorus in William Shatner's version. It's very oh, good. 
Um, so yeah, are we on to our last question? Yep. So. All right. Okay, so mine is, I'm currently obsessed with this book series that I just finished uh, because I love the world it built. So mm. has anyone ever heard of the, the Scythe or Psy series? Okay, so in this world... Is it a farming book? No, it's... Um, I'll explain. Uh, in this world, it's set far in the future, and they've essentially created technology so far advanced that nobody dies anymore. You have technology in your body that constantly replenishes your cells, gets rid of any death or disease. Uh, so they refer to the past as the mortal age, and everyone here is immortal. But some, something went wrong, and they can't go off-world. So there's this AI that controls all the government, all the world, and it's actually a pretty benevolent AI sort of thing. <coughs> but to curb the population issues that would arise, uh, there are people who are chosen and trained to be size. And their job is to either randomly or by their own decision or in big groups or by one, kill people <laughs> to curb the population. It can, and they can pick anyone. Um, and so some size decide to just like, they call them gleanings. Some size do mass gleanings where they just kill like 50 people in an airplane randomly. Uh, other size like choose, oh, well, 2% of 16 year olds die in car crashes. So I'm just going to go kill 2% of 16 year olds. Uh, things like that. So in this world, um, people can de-age or whatever, but size live forever. The only time a side can die is if they decide to self-glean. Uh, some do after a while because you kill people all the time. I guess and, you can only murder so many times before you're conscious. Yes, and others don't do it at all because they love themselves very much. So I don't mean to cut you off. Are most size like sadistic? So it's 50-50. Um, when you're trained, you're, there, are, there are commandments for the size, and they're not supposed to be, and they have rules. You can't, like, if they notice you're leaning towards a certain group of people <laughs> that you're always killing, they, they take you back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, any, any other questions about the world building before I get to my actual question? I think that's enough to move into a question phase. Excellent. Thank you. So, uh, my question to you is, in a world like that, where you can live forever or kill people forever, what would you want to be? Would you choose to be a Psy um, and help the world and make sure everybody's safe? Oh, I should mention, you don't get to communicate with the AI that runs the world, though. Everybody else has this personal, beautiful relationship with the AI that runs the world. They make their lives perfect. I was going to say, is it like a post-scarcity? Like, it's not like yes. the working world now. It's like, no, a, like nope. a utopic... It's utopic to, the, like, the nth degree. People have jobs, but, like... The, it's called the Thunderhead. The AI will, like, for firefighters, will make small fires that they have to go put out. And they're like, we know this isn't real, but, like, it's giving it's us work to do. Yeah. So the, the AI fulfills all their lives, but not the lives of the size. But, and the size have oh. to kill people. But you're always at risk for random death. So, like, where would what would you want your life to be like in this I world? I think I'd be okay just, like, living life like I do now. Like, just being, <laughs> like, having okay an just, AI that makes everything dying. great and, like... <laughs> Just you, rolling the dice. Do you die by accident, or do do you wake up one no. morning and there's a man at your doorway being like, "Now's your time, buddy." Sometimes, sometimes what? it's random. Sometimes they give you warning. It's all up to the side, right? And what does that have to be a man? I just, I. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, do, do and do people fight it, or do they just say, "Now is my time"? So you're not accept. allowed to. If you fight it, they glean your entire family. So. Um, the, the concept is they're going to get you no matter what. It's illegal. I mean, the Thunderhead can't interfere with side business. 
So you will, they'll hunt you down, they'll kill you, and they'll kill your whole family if you resist. So is the is this story about somebody who avoids being gleaned? No, it's about a Psy who is living and notices that story, some... Stories about someone who hates their family yeah. and purposely... No, but <laughs> it's about a Psy who wants to do a good job and help the world, but notices other Psy's are quite sadistic. So does... Uh, um... I, I think I, I would choose to be a side. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, would you be a side or, or would you not? <laughs> I'll live my life. Um, I, as everybody has probably, I've talked about it before, the concept of dying to me sounds oh, yeah. But you'd be willing to kill other people to live forever? If, I get to, if I'm watching all of society and I'm choosing who dies, mm-hmm. I can do my best... To the best of my ability, to try and take people who deserve it, right? Like I can do that. Now I might, over hundreds and hundreds of years, start to um, lose control of blur like <laughs> they blur the lines, right? Like and and uh, hopefully I don't. Maybe like, but I just uh, and and I have control over my own destiny, right? Like I. Mm-hmm. If I choose to glean myself, then I have come to that yeah. that place. But the rolling the dice and it just maybe it happens sounds horrifying to me. It, it doesn't sound it much like like you could get into a car accident. <laughs> there it, could be a no, serial killer. No, 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 I mean right like now. in oh, life, right like oh. now, it doesn't sound Sneaks so is different. Living. The oh. thing he's saying, he doesn't want to. Like the odds are probably the same. Um. Um, and but the thing is, like, you could, like, in your in this version, the Grim Reaper is coming for you. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily for you. Eventually, one day. Maybe. Maybe. Ma- came, maybe you live for eight thousand years. Maybe, maybe you don't. For, maybe he came for your shitty family, and they were like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody like sacrifice themselves to be gleaned, other than the size? No. Everybody like, like their lives are idyllic. Their lives are genuinely idyllic, and, and the Thunderhead knows you enough. Like if you're depressed, they're like, "I know exactly what you need to feel better." Either these pills, yeah, but like or no one's job. like, or, or they'll just tell you, "Hey, you should smile more." <laughs> no one's like lived for eight thousand years and is like, "My time is done." Uh, some people do, and um, they can make that choice, but it's usually just size because they. Mm. <laughs> uh, so without digging too much into the world building, uh, I think my answer is I would, because of the society in which I existed, I would trust the AI to make that determination. So like, but the AI can't; it's not allowed to talk to you about. But you said business. these people—they go to this like there's like some sort of training or recruitment. How how do you get the size? Are like, oh, I like this person. I'm going to recruit them. So it has to be a side to recruit you. The Thunderhead, the AI, is not allowed to even talk about size. I could I could be very easily persuaded into filling that role if it played on my like sense of like. Personal ethics and duty. Really? The greater good. See, but that's what's interesting because it is for the greater good, but you are the greater good. People. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have a question. Like, theoretically, really you could be somebody who has lived this idyllic life for hundreds of years. Ten, we'll say ten thousand years. I maybe it hasn't been going on for that it long. It hasn't, but okay, we'll say three hundred years. Yeah. Three hundred years. 
you could be one of the oldest living people in this society and you've never been chosen to be a psi, mm-hmm. and then you do get chosen to be a psi, and you could theoretically be the oldest human being on the planet. Yeah. I don't know that a psi would pick a 300-year-old because you have a lot of biases they'd have to, like, grind out of you. That's, I guess I don't know the world <laughs> yeah. that, so... No, I mean, they, they theoretically they could, but... Our society is evidence that you don't need 300 years to build a whole lot of biases oh. that will take a long time <laughs> to grind out of you. I don't know that I could be a psi. I like the safety of it, but I don't know that I could do it. See, the safety wouldn't be a factor. Do the people me. in the world learn about size if the Thunderhead can't talk about it? Yeah. Okay. They all know. Because there are still human teachers and everything like that. Right. Yeah, I guess, like, what is it, well, what is the safety of being a side look like? So, like, oh, you're immortal. You'll never die but except you by also, your own hand. Everybody but what is that, what is that intended, like, wh- wh- I don't know, what, so is, like, it, is that predicated on anything? Like, do, is there, can they like, if you break rules, does that end, or? Do you have an apartment somewhere, or do you live off the grid and you're just so sent out? You literally, a side is beyond all rules so i could go up to you and be like i want your house and you'd have to give it to a side like they are beyond all rules and all laws because the thunderhead who makes all the rules and laws can't touch them so they would go up to someone and be like give me your house and you say no and they say okay and they just kill you or you say okay have your house it's fine and they can grant immunity with their ring so if you kiss their ring you get a year where no side can glean you so it's it's a really interesting so really if you built good enough relationships with some (sighs) other size you could you could sure. live as long as they did for sure and you could and size are just open in the public if you were yeah. maybe they have a uniform they wear robes they wear yeah they have a uniform so like people and people are in awe like they're like oh, yeah. a they're like the honorable size oh, okay um so there are benefits I, to being a size right. mm-hmm. i find myself frustrated by how arbitrary a lot of that sounds well it's supposed to be it's a, <laughs> right? yeah but I guess I would probably find a way to break the system. As opposed to our current existence, yeah, right. which yeah. is t- totally methodical <laughs> and logical. No, but, like, I I, uh, I, don't know. I don't like... Like, at least now, it's truly that chaos. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's chaos under the guise of, like, order, which I don't... Which is a major theme of the novel. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. So I, what I would probably do is be a scythe, and then I would probably... Can, can I kill other... No. What? You can't kill other size. Why? A size can only self-dive from their own hand. This was established. There's yeah. something I find, like... So what, okay, no, here's what I would do. Then I would convince all the other ones to kill themselves. Yeah, you could do that. And then, and then what I would do is convince the greater society to, like, Overpopulate. designate how to kill themselves properly so that I wouldn't have to do anything. But they put that, the society put that in place as the designation. I know. Yeah. But I would break the system so that now I'm like <laughs> I also feel greater like from above. Our like our heavily atheistic tendencies in this particular group are glaring through right now because mm-hmm. like, I is there is there is there Ooh, an, that's assumptive. Is the afterlife addressed in, in the book? I not I mean, really. Good, because I don't think it exists. Uh, but also, like, that is it like? But this one artist is tired because this, like, people he went to art school with have like can paint the Mona Lisa perfectly in the way it is, and he's just he's so down about that, and he's like, I hate my life. So he goes to talk to the Thunderhead about it, and the Thunderhead says, Okay, well then, um, paint where you're not supposed to. 
paint in places that it's not you're not supposed to do. So he goes and does graffiti art all over, and he finds it so fulfilling because it's the rebellion that he enjoys. Right. And the Thunderhead's like, you're not supposed to, but I'll let you, even though it's illegal, because it's fulfilling for you. And well, I mean, there's also a sense that like if everybody's painting the same picture, but a bunch of people relate to it, right? I think. There's a, what I'm trying to get at is there's also a sense that we are looking from a very individualistic society at what we would find satisfying, and the reason we don't fit in that world is because that's not our world. Whereas if we were in that world, I, like that, those might not be our concerns. I, yeah, I love the, the concept of like, is it boring or is it perfect or is it scary or is it not? Like, I really like thought processes about like, other worlds. Yeah, I just, I, I, I would... Part of me wants to rail against the idea that we need to have things that we don't enjoy in order to enjoy things. It's that, like, can light exist without darkness Well, maybe argument. that's why the size are there. And I'm to like... To scare them. You know what? Yeah, like, maybe they create... There's that whole There's that whole sense that, like... Yeah, like you said, like, all the best human traits come out during times of hardship. But, like, they could still somewhat exist. Like, I, the fact that, like, I can conceive of a world where they exist without it... Yeah, like, the first scene of the first novel I really like, because it's the the main character, the protagonist, she's sitting at home with her family, and a sigh comes to the door, and he comes in, and he's not really talking, you have to let him in, and he's just, like, chatting with them, and he asks for dinner, so they feed him dinner, and they're all, like, on, they're like, this is it, who's dying, blah, 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 and he's like, thank you, he's like, can I borrow a knife, and they give him a knife, he's like, thank you very much, I'm actually here to glean your neighbor, but she wasn't home, so, and then he goes and cleans the neighbor, and it was this moment for the main character where she was like, oh, this is life-altering, because before now I'd never been in the presence of something like that, because life is so perfect. Right. It was really, it's a it's a fun start to a novel. Sounds like, almost like Inglorious Bastards, like the intense... Is that literally oh, yeah. what I envisioned? The glass of milk scene. Yeah. yeah. It was good. Anyway, I just want... Really, just to talk about the book with people. But. <laughs> cool. Sounds like a cool book. It is. Yeah. I really like the moral quandaries that come with it, um, even if it is obviously hyper unrealistic. Yeah. It sound, but it, yeah, it does sound like a, a narratization of like several kind of like pillars of classic philosophy yes. problems. So, as as you said, you're someone who thinks a lot in narratives. Yeah. So what a great way to explore that for <laughs> it's you. So right? fun. <laughs> Whereas I will just bury myself in the nebulous pile of theory. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the narrative side of it a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Neil Schusterman is the author. He writes lots of series of sci-fi stuff, but that's my favorite. Cool. I think so. Um, I think we have to wrap it up. Okay. Uh, I'm not getting a look from Checkers. This is a decision all by myself. Um, but uh, thank you, everybody who came. Great topics. This was a deep podcast. This yeah, I was, really liked it. Yeah, this was a. What oh, do you man, desire most? Who are you as a person, <laughs> deep at your core? What childhood dramas have you never told anyone about? <laughs> um, I'm gonna, so I don't have to apologize for it next episode. I did not advocate for children sleeping with Walter White. <laughs> it's been bugging me for the last two hours. But children sleeping with each other as long as they're close no, in age. I as long also, as they're less than five years apart. I <laughs> Listen, I feel awful about everything that was I said earlier, and I it was gross, and I... I you in a lot of these episodes this week. I did some really convoluted <laughs> jokes about my mast, and I'd like to take this opportunity to not apologize for those. Um, All right. <laughs> I'm flipping everyone else right now. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, all right. Well, thank you everybody for coming today. Uh, should we advertise the podcast again one more time? Topics we? underscore and on Twitter. Hashtag Keanu. Oh yeah. Hashtag let's fuck Keanu. That is a squishy ball, and you can now stop it. <laughs> Ooh. Fine. Uh, we did not talk nearly enough about Keanu Reeves. No. This is he one of the size? He's what we all actually see in the If mirror. they made a movie. <laughs> if they made a movie, he would you know 100% All the size take on the name of like a famous person from history. Like there's Sai Marie Curie, there's Sai Nietzsche, there's Sai... Um, well, there's lots of them. But there's no Sai Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Well, if I was And that's Psy. the most unrealistic part of the whole thing. Um, if I were a Sai... Sorry. <laughs> I'd be named Keanu. Um... Okay, alright. <laughs> Goodbye! Slurpia later! Time.